You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Like I've been telling y'all, James Harden is trash. Been trash forever. Go. I'm sorry. Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of Doctor Tom and the Gold Blooded King. We have a very special guest today, the Godfather of Going Through the Mind, Nate P. Uh, Merry Christmas to uh, both Doctor Tom and the Great Nate. How are y'all doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, we we uh, we we won four in a row. Next stop so, playoffs, right? You know. We believe. <laughs> we believe. Headed right I to the playoffs. I thought we were going to win 24 in a row again, um, you know, because we beat the Rockets on Christmas. Um, I just want to say, just to start the podcast off, I want to thank all the Warriors fans who tuned in and or went to the game in person, knowing that we were facing a team that has been anointed by so many media publications as a juggernaut in the making. I mean, two MVPs in the Mike D'Antoni system. You know, I mean, uh, Daryl Morey, genius. Um, I mean, not Korean China, but to most of us, genius. And on Christmas for the Warriors to say, actually, they're still trash. Um, was a wonderful Christmas gift for Nation. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and supporting. I mean, it's a, you know, you think a, a Christmas carol, you think of the ghost of Christmas past. Well, the Rockets got another taste of the ghost of uh, NBA playoffs past because uh, <laughs> they, they couldn't make a shot. I, like I said, I thought I was in uh, Houston in June in 2018. <laughs> you know what? Actually, that reminds me. Um, I believe it was <laughs> the beginning of January. In fact, January 3rd of this year. Now, if we go back in the way back time machine, um, January, that was when James Harden hit that shot in overtime, that contested three-pointer over Draymond and Clay hits it, basically wins the game right there, you know, stomps off. He didn't have Chris Paul that game. And he was like, I'm the MVP. We're the best team. We beat him in Oakland. And if, as I recall, Warriors fans, Dub Nation, were in an uproar. If you look at the comments from that game, I, I encourage you to look it up. January 3rd, Rockets Warriors. Wait, why? Because that's how far the year has gone. We started it with a monster loss to the the, the, the Rockets. And then in the in, in the, uh, the spring, we had a monster win that kind of um, solidified the Warriors standing forever in the rivalry. And then we end the year on Christmas with yet another dispatching of the Rockets. Considering the fact that in 2018, they, they like, computer... Statistic model swore they beat us in like seven games, whatever, six games, whatever it was. The fact that we can mark our season from January to December by Rockets wins, I think is very important. It's, it's nice to know that there are these uh, steady, constant, you know, the world is a changing, ever-changing place for both for good and for bad. <laughs> but it is nice to know that no matter what, the Warriors are still living rent-free in Daryl Morey <laughs> and James Harden. And Russell, a noted import from uh, from Oklahoma City, that black hole himself, Russell Westbrook. Uh, he, uh, you know, we're living rent free in their heads. Now, Nate, when you think back to the beginning of this year, January, you know, obviously we had Kevin Durant back then, healthy. Um, 
I remember the, the, the word around town was bored. The Warriors were bored. Debation was bored. Can you take us back to what it was like to be a Warriors fan in January? January. Uh, so at that point, I, I I don't think it was so much. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's not just bored. You know, there were, there were a number of people saying we weren't going to be ready for the playoffs at all. Mm. And saying that if we kept playing as badly as we played, we're going to lose like the first or second round. The first or second round. Uh, to the Rockets. So, and I, I wouldn't say that if it wasn't for the fact that, um, you know, it wasn't just a, a minority <laughs> wasn't a minority viewpoint it was it was repeated it was said repeatedly in the comments it was said on twitter uh people were mad at her uh as always uh and also of course you know the kd thing was just looming over the season we weren't that far removed from draymond green's uh incident with kd uh so i think all that kind of stuff like the fact that we were about to make another finals uh fifth in a row was just kind of like <laughs> background noise <laughs> uh which is really i mean it's been a weird weird year i i i don't i i think i think it just started weird i don't uh, turmoil is not the right word but i think people were trying to create turmoil where there was none and it was a bizarre situation now dr tom yes when you hear that there was no turmoil sorry no turmoil and uh, your favorite player and fellow uh, Longhorn, KD, had just gotten cursed out in November by Draymond Green. What do you think about it when the Godfather of GSM tells you the Warriors were actually doing okay despite the clear festering resentment <laughs> or something that Kevin Durant had? I mean, were we that much of a juggernaut that we didn't suspect that a uh, frustrated Kevin Durant could derail the season? Well, uh, I have too much respect for Nate to associate or assume he said the same things as certain other rumor mongers uh, who did not want to spend enough time watching this team despite all of this manufactured, played-up controversy, still made a run at a fifth title, which might have uh, happened – or, no, excuse me, that's fifth – you know, fifth in a row, that would be the fourth title, excuse me um, – but, uh, you know, the people who uh, relentlessly speculated that Kevin Durant was already on his way to the New York Knicks, where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to go on basketball reference right now and see, oh, no, he's not on the Knicks. They were all wrong. Uh, but <laughs> I think uh, – Wait, can, can I just interject for a moment? It's not just that he was – it's not that he was going to – was maybe going to go there. I mean, people had already made up their minds at that point that he was going to the Knicks. True. It was like a done deal for people. It was, it was locked in. It was locked in, but Oh, it's funny how all those people just happened to be wrong. Um, it's funny how that works, but um, <laughs> no, I mean it, you know, I think a lot of that, it, there, you know, you, there's that upcoming, I guess it's in June of this year, there's going to be that documentary, uh, the 30 for 30 on the 98 Bulls and the Last Dance. And I think there is something to be said for the kind of attrition or the wear and tear that making these constant runs can make on a team. And I think that the Warriors were kind of experiencing that. I don't think it was what people were speculating by playing body language doctor uh, and saying, oh, well, look at where KD is standing. Oh, look at look at his posture. Oh, it's bad. But I do think, you know, knowing that your season will be judged by what happens in the playoffs, knowing that you have this 
strange, almost like strange target on your back because it's not just because you see like there are dominant teams uh, in the league. There have been and there will be. And there was something about this Warriors team that it just it was this kind of unrelenting, just not just focus, but like negative focus on them. And you can see why in the you know to the beginning of a year when you know okay we're probably the best team in the west uh you know they only have to look across at the rockets if they're the main competitors in the conference and like okay yeah we got this conference on lock until uh until proven otherwise uh but you know i could see how at the you know you can just feel those feel that that you know worn down not not feel as into it and i think that is what this year really started out and it kind of but it, you saw as we moved into the playoffs the uh the professional quality of this team that these were players who take it very seriously and knew okay this is the time when you know, this is when it matters, and you could see that. You know, the can they switch, flip the switch? Well, yeah, they did. They definitely did, um, and it appeared to be perhaps associated originally with the injuries they were suffering. If you recall, you know, Warriors get the game one win in uh, at home against the Clippers, one versus eight, but then in game two, Demarcus Cousins blows his quad. Uh, then we blow the 31 point lead. What is it with the Warriors blowing three and one? I don't know. That's just bad about. numbers. Just get it, get us away. <laughs> but when, when, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly seemed to get in Katie's head, so to speak, got him thrown out the game. Nate, what was your thinking when you saw Kevin Durant make that speech? Because, you know, it was between, you know, games two and three when uh, he goes, you know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. What was going through your mind? <laughs> Oh, according to my mind, I was winning the title. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think you know. I, I think the sad thing is, I, I, I keep coming back to this because I think it's it's interesting. I think it's interesting in, in exactly the context Tom talked about with the Bulls run. How for the Warriors, I think this season, this last season, uh, is going to be largely forgotten, and I think that's because it was. There were so many storylines that were more important to people than the fact that they were on their way to their fifth straight finals. So there was mm-hmm. the rant thing, there's the fact that they didn't care all season, and then there were numerous injuries throughout the season from Cousins to Thompson to uh, Durant. And I think yeah. that, uh, yeah, ask people in 10 years who, who beat the Warriors in the 2019 finals, uh, I promise you people will not remember who that was. And not because the, that's not a disrespect to the Raptors. I think it's just it's just like that. It's it was pretty obvious that that they came into the finals limping. They didn't have a full squad, and uh, you know it, it was kind of like that became the story. Durant became the story. Durant's absence became the story. It's uh, it was just kind of a weird. The whole playoff run was just weird. I, I think the only the only real scare there was the fact that we were. I mean, the Clippers weren't scared. They they bullied us a little bit, uh, but I wasn't scared about losing to them. I, I think the scare was probably the wait. I I do recall you being quite annoyed with how uh, Montrezl Harrell was dominating. Oh, he <laughs> dominated us aside. Dominated us. It was like, why are we so soft? Um, <laughs> but the, I mean, that, that did happen. But 
then it took it, two it was, games and they were like, oh, okay, we can we can counter this. Right. Um so I wasn't scared at that point, but it was like, damn, this dude is just killing us. <laughs> we're not we've never done this before. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean <laughs> you get the rockets and blazers. I, I just you know, I I just I think what really just stands out is how often people said we couldn't do it last year. There were so many people who said that that team was not going to make it to the finals. There were so many people trying to write the team off for whatever reason. These are Warriors fans trying to write the team off for any reason they can find. Uh, remember in January, there was there was doubt about the Warriors getting home court advantage, and people were saying that was kill them in the playoffs. Tell me one series where that would have mattered last year in the playoffs. The Blazers? No. <laughs> Clearly didn't well, matter I, for the Rockets. I was going to say, mean, we've proven we can go there and win whenever we want. The the new look uh, international smoke location is not you know at the restaurant. It's actually the Toyota Center. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was there was just so much silliness. I I just thought it was just a lot of silliness th- throughout the year, throughout the playoffs, and it did detract from the season overall. And then at the end, we lose. And it was like it was just sort of like wow that was kind of deflating. But at the same time, it's like we got to the finals five straight times. How can you possibly be mad at that? Well, and I guess my question be is from the sense of not only losing the finals, um, but also losing Oakland as far as Oracle Arena. That was really a hard blow, yeah. and we're still feeling it honestly in the Bay Area. Yeah. And thirdly, we yeah. lost so many players. In the finals, like literally in the finals, so it was right. like body drop. In the finals, you know I mean, yeah. which which yeah. individual warrior did you personally feel the the most for when we couldn't get it done? You know, obviously Steph gave the forty seven point game, and we still got blown out. Uh, Clay's knee explodes. Uh, uh, KD's calf slash Achilles explodes. Um, where did you feel like okay, this warrior I feel the most for? Yeah. I felt for cousins, mm. to be honest with you. During, I mean, just because I mean, this dude, this dude, uh, you know, he did make a financial sacrifice coming to the team. Uh, people could say that's ring chasing or whatever, and yeah, sure. But I mean, he made a financial sacrifice to come to the team. Team put a lot of faith in him to rehab and get it done. And uh, you know, he, he finally gets. I mean, it's kind of it's not funny, but he finally gets to a playoff game, and then yeah. He's injured, like off the bat, first round. And it just like it sucks that he he just was never able to get back and be a factor uh, for the team. So that sucked. I, Thompson during the finals though, Tom, Thompson was definitely another one who I just uh, yeah yeah you know, we could have won that game but when he Thompson was single handedly destroying the Raptors. You're right. And it, it just <laughs> the circumstances there sucked. <laughs> I mean, it just. But I mean, it was also just like you know what else? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. All right, I gotta talk about Durant. I'm sorry to spend this much time talking about a player who doesn't play for the Warriors anymore. But you know, if we look back, as we're kind of you know taking stock and looking back on those finals and the playoffs, and (laughs) wait, no, we're we're, we're doing that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. This isn't this isn't the Sarah McLaughlin, you know, ad for the SPCA, like uh, you know. But he was a I, son, brother, cousin. <laughs> but wow. it, it well, it was, and I've 
said this, I think we were when we uh, talked with uh, in Summer League uh, out in Las Vegas, I was uh, so we kind of looked back because after the news that Durant was going to uh, Brooklyn hit a broke, and we started looking back, and I said that 2017 uh, team was, the, especially in the playoffs, probably the best team I've ever seen play or will ever see play, and that was just special. But I think you saw – Starting with that game three in Los Angeles against the Clippers, Durant, he was at that level he was in the 2017 finals where it was like, oh, oh, this guy's this guy's just on another level. And that was so sort of cruelly interrupted. And, it, you know, that was the thing that was frustrating, at least speaking for myself, as somebody who obviously wanted Durant to be one of the Warriors for as, you know, forever, but it was like, well, if he could go out and have this one last great, because this is the other thing that always boggles my mind. He came to the Warriors with all this pressure and he lived, he answered the bell every time. Like that guy, you know, he won two finals MVPs. He was great in the on the big stage and that doesn't always happen when a great player join you know in a team in sort of a more controversial or uh eye-catching way but you wanted him to have that one last okay lay it down and that we didn't get it and you saw in those especially in that the rest of that clipper series after the first two games you you saw he who he is. You saw who he was. And I wanted to see that, you know, if it was going to be the last run with him in the Warriors, I wanted to see him just go out and take care of it. And it wasn't even that somebody stopped him. It was just his body stopped him. And that's just not, you know, I mean, you know, I'm saying not fair, but that will, that is always the thing that is most, and you, in that game five, those 11 minutes he played, even nodded, clearly not at a hundred percent. He, you still were like, Oh, this, this guy can make a difference. This guy is one of the, still one of the best. And we got deprived of that. And so that's, that's always going to be the thing that's sort of frustrating about, you know, looking back on this year and going back into last season and then what's sort of come this season but that's the thing that's frustrating is we had that you know we spent all of that time this season or in the leading up to it uh with the oh he's he's sorry handshake deal with the knicks he's gone uh and all this this stuff and it then it was like now it's actually when it counts and oh no this guy is just is balling he's great and we didn't get to see all of that and that's you know that's that's the thing that that the real like thing that leaves the bad taste in my mouth get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th hosted by kevin hart the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Now, I do wonder if we go back to 26, no, 2015, if there was someone on the Fear the Sword uh, podcast saying the same thing about Kevin Love. Um, I, I do wonder if they spent five minutes saying, you know, if we have seen the real Kevin Love this series, who knows what could have happened? And um, that's where it's frustrating because we know for a fact that uh, injuries derailed the Warriors' chance at the three-peat and sitting out open with the greatest goodbye. Also, I mean, if, 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 if Kevin Durant comes back that game healthy, 
dominates and dominates the Knicks too, or was it two? Yes, in his two games, you know he's winning Finals MVP, right? He, like for a fact, <laughs> get guaranteed. And so I think for Warriors fans, it's like wow, like that close to um, you know really cementing ourselves in that three P stratosphere of glory, and then we have to kind of go back to earth where the rest of the teams that the Warriors destroyed had so many similar cries of, you know, the the, the Spurs when Kawhi got hurt or the Cavs when Kyrie and Kevin Love went down. And you start to see, like, wait a minute, like, so much of the game is about um, timing, um, injury luck, and no matter your roster, if you start running out of bodies, it's just impossible to win. Uh, although it wasn't like the Raptors destroyed us. They barely escaped. But um, shout well- out to Quinn Cook and Alfonso McKinney. <laughs> The th- well, the thing that di- seems kind of different to me is it's you know I'm I'm not here to deny uh the you know the the uh, yes the rap you know but they earned that championship and they went yeah. out and they won it and I'm not gonna say oh they don't because they 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 like I said they earned it they deserve it you know uh, Kawhi was Kawhi Pascal Siakam was a kind of a revelation for me uh, obviously I've spent many uh, you know minutes on these podcasts talking about how great I think Fred Van Fleet is uh, and you know but they went out and they won it please notice I didn't talk about Kyle Lowry there by the way um, <laughs> but um, yeah like that's the difference is like I'm not gonna say that they don't you know deserve deserve it or they didn't win it but it's just it's more I'm just frustrated that we couldn't see the, you know, have the, if this was going to be the last run, have all the bodies out there. I think that's the difference you see in how these things are talked about. I agree with that. Uh, Nate, when you saw that uh, Kevin Durant made the decision to leave, um, obviously that must have set off an alarm in your head as far as like, okay, Bob Myers, show <laughs> us why they call you Bob God. Um, how do you feel about how the Warriors pulled off their summer? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Uh, so I, I think obviously there is there is that idea of what they did this summer isn't the totality of it, right. but from I mean, the start we have so far. Yeah, so I think a lot of that depends on how what you feel about D'Angelo Russell, and I, I think every fan's opinion on him seems to vary quite a bit. Um, I actually think he'd be a nice sixth man in the future for this team. Like I think he'd be what nice with, with play. <laughs> With Steph, with Steph and Clay. Wait, wait, that, wait! Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Are the Warriors, when they're healthy, so good that you look at a guy who has literally carried the Warriors' offense on his back, and you say, "You'd be great, come off the bench." <laughs> yeah, because this is also a last place team we're talking about. <laughs> so, so he doesn't necessarily—he's not consistent enough to win games. This he's good. He's not. He's not. A, he's not there yet. So. I think he the arrogance. Man I, love it. <laughs> I don't think that's arrogance. I I think that's just where he, I think it's uh it's the turnovers. It's uh sometimes like he's a boomer bust player, right? If his True. shot is going down, it's great. It's wonderful. Uh, if it's not, uh, he's hurting your team quite a bit. You don't have to look at. I don't like citing plus minus uh, too much, but I th- I think there's a story there for D'Angelo Russell as well. I mean he, he's. Uh, defensively, he's so-so. He's, uh, yeah, he makes some questionable decisions sometimes. He's a, he can get like in those. He's one of those players who can get like who can build up some momentum, 
and then start making a string of mis- mistakes, just like trying a bit too hard. And I think not yeah, saying that true. not dissing him as a player. I just think on this team when you have Steph and Clay, I think coming off the bench as a six man would be an amazing role for him. And and very you know in the argument wouldn't be that much different than what you would have to convince Andre Iguodala of, right? It's not that you're a bad player, so we're taking you off the, we're bringing you off the bench. It's that when we look at the makeup of this team, bringing you off the bench for one of for either Clay or Steph gives us some flexibility and to adjust to games, uh, get, adjust the matchups in a different way, and I think it would allow him to find the rhythm of the game a little bit better than he does sometimes. But look, he's he's having a great season. We're just also nine and twenty five. So, so there's only so much we can say about his great season because <laughs> not working out very well. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I mean, you can look back through the archives. I've always liked D'Angelo Russell as a player. Like I, I, uh, I thought coming out of college, he, he had, you know, people talk about he has a little bit of old man game in him. Like the game slows. He's he's not the quickest player in the world. But he just seems to hit angles and see angles pretty well. That's something that a lot of players don't possess, uh, and so he has he has qualities that I like. Uh, he also has some qualities that I think hurt the team every now and then. But I say all that to say that I think how you judge the offseason depends on how you judge D'Angelo Russell. I don't think they were going to be able to do a whole lot else. Uh, in hindsight, you know you have. Now you have Steph and Clay out. So getting Pascal, uh, Eric Pascal, um, in the draft was amazing. I, I don't think anybody expected that to be as big a deal as it was. Um, but he's been a revelation this year. Uh, you get D'Angelo Russell. I mean, you did what you can. You know, Willie Colley Stein. Is a player some people like. <laughs> Willie Colley Stein is a player in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> He's a player in the NBA that some people like. Uh, you know, they 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 tried they tried to get they tried to put pieces around the what they had to fill a roster. And I don't think you can sit here and tell and say Bob Myers did a bad job. They they went out and tried to get a player they could get. They got they got Russell. They got Pascal. Great. So I noticed you really didn't mention the possibility of. Mr. Russell being traded or dangled as a you know an acquisition piece, would you be opposed to trading Mr. Russell? I don't know if I'd be opposed to trading him. Uh, I think it depends on what you get back and what you think you can build around. Uh, but that's, that's that's why I said so. That's why I said I think for me, like some people are, are thinking, like mm-hmm. he's either going to be a starter or we trade him, right? And my feeling is like that's no, that's aren't the two, only two options here. You also have the two options, the other option of having him take on a different role once Clay comes back, and I think that's probably the optimal role uh, for him on this team. And I think trading him, it just depends on what we can get back. Like, if someone bowls you over with an offer, uh, you know, at some point we're gonna look for the future. So draft picks is important. Um, it just depends on what you can get and what 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 Myers and the whole Warriors franchise believes they can actually put together around whatever they get. And I, I think that's uh it has to be part of a bigger strategy. I think some fans just want to trade him on principle to see trades. And I'm I'm like, yo, like for what? What do you, what do you expect to get back? Uh who's gonna I mean he's obviously a player who has talent, but 
people are going to also understand our situation and people aren't probably going to be eager to deal with the warriors and help them. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. It's the fantasy basketballification of fandom. It's like, oh yeah, just tra- you're, you're absolutely right about just that. Trade him. Oh yeah, stuff. And it's like, right. I mean, he, his game is in, imperfect. I mean, you know, but that said, like one, he still brings a lot to any team, and two, you're not just none of the stuff is happening in a vacuum, and that's what everybody right. thinks. The, the thing I can't get over with D'Angelo Russell is his he. This is very, uh, I guess this is, I'm going to keep it too real here because I'm going to talk about, you know, watching uh, basketball, but his shots, look, he, he did, they, I never know if like, is that a good shot or is that a bad shot? Like just in terms of how he takes them. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I guess this is just after years of looking at watching Steph and Clay and Katie, just these players who it's like, they have these strokes where it's just like, Oh, a kind of automatic. And it's just like, Oh, that's a really, you're doing that kind of off one leg or you're kicking both of your legs out sideways. And is that good? And it's just, it's, it's kind of not maddening, but it's, it, it, it's very strange. And it, it's, it's like something I associate with how I evaluate him because he'll take shots that are like, they just don't look good, but then he'll take, they either look good or he'll take them in their, don't look good, but he still makes them. And it's just, I can, he it's, and he's, the, this is kind of the point. I think he's a young player. So he's still somewhat of an unknown quantity. There's still development that could occur. So, you know, who knows? When you look at the um, way the players are currently developing right now, obviously, even though worst record in the West, um, they still have a four out of five game uh, streak and have shocked some potential playoff teams. Um, when you're looking at what they have so far, and I know we've got a, a couple of two-way contracts uh, in Damian Lee and uh, Sky Bowman, um, who are you saying, okay, got to keep him for when the Splash Bros come back? So of just of those two-way contract guys, or just any on the roster right now? Anyone on the team that you're like, okay, I can see you in, in the postseason making a difference? I think – I think uh, – Kai Bowman, I think he is someone who might be a good back. I I think I've talked about this a couple of times, but I think a good backup point guard uh, behind Steph. Uh, he doesn't have the sort of same, or, you know. I mean, no one does, but he's not you know the dominant offensive player. But he's uh, his defensive intensity is really good, and he seems comfortable. Pl- playing the point guard position. That was the thing that was frustrating about Quinn Cook is uh, there were times where he just didn't seem comfortable running that second unit. And I watch Bowman and I think, okay, this is somebody who can run a unit. And I think, you know, you put him, uh, you know, like I say, in a behind Steph and who can run out there, you know, start the second and fourth quarters. Uh, And he, you know, he is somebody who I think could be, I mean, we saw what he did against, uh, the fraudulent, fraudulent Houston Rockets on Christmas Day. You know his defense was a part of that. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say Bowman as well, for exact same reasons Tom said. I think it's just uh, Lee, Lee's Lee's a solid player. I I think you know the, the question the question yeah. you the, you asked kind of after that was like who do you see making a difference in the playoffs? And I think we've just learned over time that's a very different question than who should they keep on the roster generally? Uh, does either, do either Kai Bowman or Damian Lee make a huge difference in a playoff series? 
uh, at this I point. I think Kai Bowman might. Yeah, I, and I think it's for what Tom said, the defense. He, he could. You right. can imagine a scenario where he makes a different difference defensively. Like Fred Manfleet so. is going for 45 with Kai Bowman. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I say Kai Bowman is worth keeping around, keeping a system. Uh, some people are uh, pretty high or interested in keeping Marky Smith around. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he is a really uh, great freak athlete, which we thought Jordan Bell was going to be. Right. Um, I like too, the way that, too much Henny for Jordan Bell. <laughs> I like the way that Ed Chris can you know affect a ball game with that reckless athleticism. We, we've seen him get blocks, challenge shots, connect with alley oops, and just get real physical and mean all of a sudden in the paint. Where you're like, wait a minute, yo, like, dude, if you, you you were consistent with that, you could you know at least be better than Rudy Gobert. Um, but that's <laughs> where I think you see why Chris has kind of bounced around a little bit. It's because you see those flashes for a quarter, a half, maybe even a full game. But the next game, um, it doesn't quite seem to be as consistent, uh, quite as ferocious. And so that could be just a, a matter of, uh, you know, playing time and kind of germinating there. But at the same time, when you're looking at a roster and you're saying, okay, like, who do I, I really trust? Really, if it's not for, you know, Pascal, it's tough to say you trust anybody. I mean, obviously, Alec Burks, who I think is fantastic, he really wowed me, is probably gone in a trade, yeah. it would appear from the way the Warriors are talking about him. Um, so I'm thinking about, you know, kind of the 25 and under guys. And really, Bowman and Pascal are the only ones that I would for sure be like, I got to see them in the future. They're worth the price of admission. I trust those guys, even in the young states. Um, because Chris and even, you know, bless his heart, Willie Colley's dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen Willie try and get involved and the crowd goes crazy. But then we've seen lols, lols after lols. And we're mm-hmm. just like, okay, so... At a certain point, you kind of realize that some guys are um, NBA vagabonds for a reason. And um, it's just so competitive. Um, but at the same time, my question is, when the Splash Bros come back, is their gravity and their force on the court so strong that even somebody like Willie or Chris can really, you know, dominate? Uh, dominate's a strong word there. <laughs> uh can they could they be effective? I mean, like when I say dominate, I mean the way that JaVale dominated. I mean, like ten points, eight rebounds. What you could imagine a guy like dominate for them. You could imagine either one of those guys turning into a JaVale like player. I just think it's you know that took JaVale a number of years, and are we going to see that soon from one of these guys? I mean, it's just hard to know. I I don't. I don't. I maybe and maybe it's just I haven't watched them closely enough over the career pl- prior to the Warriors. I've seen the trajectory, but right now I I, I just struggle. The you know, Chris was on Phoenix, <laughs> and Phoenix was mm-hmm. like a wasteland while he was there, and and so, um, you know, there's an argument that that now that you know with better with better coaching, better players around him, um, you know, there's that article in the Athletic the other day where they were saying you know talking about how he's you know improving. And he is like the, the cool thing about Chris is you can see him make little improvements game to game. Beginning in the preseason, uh, I can't remember when exactly. Someone like pick and roll, like he he like didn't know how to do it, and it was it was astounding. He couldn't defend or run it, and it was like now he you see him you know a few games later he picks those things up. So he's clearly learning something, and that's a good thing. Uh, but you know, will it be to the point where he's effective? Just because of the gravity of Steph and 
play. I mean, we've seen what happens if a player doesn't have uh, more than a mid-range jump shot. Teams just a game. And that's hard to say. Sounds like you want Willie Cauley-Stein and Marquise Chris Cut. Dave was telling me right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean – the thing is, like, well, you might as well stick with yeah. young guys, right? I mean, see, so you might as well stick with the young guys who can develop with the team because that's what we're looking at right now. Uh, we're this is a year, like, this is to me, like, a it's a developmental year. All these guys get a shot to see what they can do. Uh, Pascal's the one guy who's obviously taking advantage of all the minutes he's gotten. Uh, you know, I think we can talk about Jacob Jacob Evans next. I think he's an interesting case in that conversation, but uh. You know, Chris and Collie Stein, I think, have shown enough where you could see if the team chose to move forward with them, you could understand it. But would it be exciting? Game changer? Uh, I don't know about No, it wouldn't be. It would not be exciting game changers. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. I've watched enough trash basketball yeah. this year to realize yeah. that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I was going back to kind of maybe the, uh, the Portland series where we saw that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green took, you know, um, Loon, Chris, not Loon, Chris, uh, what was his name? Zoe, um, yeah. Jordan Bell, and Cook, <laughs> and swept the Blazers with him. It makes me kind of think to myself, okay, so are the Splash Bros that good? Like, do we need more than just warm bodies to win a championship? <laughs> yes. I, I, think, I, think, I think that's true. Uh you know, I think the 2015 team was interesting because they, they had uh, a little bit more veteran presence on the bench. And I, I think that makes a difference. I think right now we, we yeah. have young players that just – last year we just had young players that look shook coming off the bench. And although I'm not going to sit here and say Spates is the answer, he's not, but like there were players coming, I think, were able to uh, hold their own in spots about the playoff run that I think last year we were really trying to patch together any old thing, and it, it killed us against the Raptors. I mean, so, yeah, we need more than what we got. It's just a matter of, like, how do you balance the salary cap? Um, you got to draft well, so we have to continue to draft well and hope that we get some guys we can develop and, and make competitive. I, it's, just, it's hard to go into the playoffs with, like, <laughs> going to playoffs with McKinney and, and Bell and uh, that's that's. It was tough. It was a it was a tough ride last year. Nate Nate sounded so disappointed. I mean, it's not even disappointment. It's just like you know, it's amazing that we. It's amazing that you know, it's amazing to get titles straight times. It's, our team relied so heavily on those top five guys. And when you start taking them away one by one, it was like, oh, wow, we have nothing left. And it got to that point where we're against the Raptors with nothing. And they're boxing one. You know, I was, I was furious when they, when, they, when they couldn't beat a boxing one. I was like, what is this? This is a high school defense. They can't beat this. But they couldn't. Be, they, couldn't. they struggled against the boxing one. Even I at some point had to admit that. You know what? My eyebrows did raise. My eyebrows did raise. I was like, yeah, Quinn Cook and Alfonso McKinney can't beat this? Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a big difference between, uh, between you know, making those shots in a game, uh, you know, um, 
against the Bulls in November and then doing it in the finals. And unfortunately, I think, you know, Alfonso can handle it in November and December. But in the finals, it gets a little dicey. You know, if this is a team that wants to be a contender when Stephen Curry come back, they got to find – Stephen Thompson come back, sorry. They got to find another talent somewhere. D'Angelo Russell, I, I honestly think the Warriors were mm-hmm. are toying with the idea that D'Angelo Russell is that third scorer. And I, I you know, we'll see how that plans out. But uh it's it's gonna be it's hard. It's hard to win in this league and it's hard to win consistently. That's why it's amazing they got to five straight finals. Uh they they the yeah. Durant thing was, you know, while he was here, uh they made the most of it. They got three straight finals with him. Uh, and now you know it. Did, it did leave a hole. They put a lot of resources in that, and so now you're looking. You, you got to look at the resources they're putting to Dre, Steph, and Clay. Uh, it's a lot, and so how do you balance that? That's where this is where Bob has to work his magic. And the thing is, every time we've been in this, you know, this whole run, like no one expected these things to happen. Bob Myers is kind of like. No one expected Andre Iguodala to ever play for the Warriors, right? right. Bob Myers just kind of pulled that rabbit out of a hat. So I, I kind of think we, we owe him and the Warriors some some patience and a little bit of faith to, to say that they can make this work. Yeah. But you know, people speculating about how it's going to work, I, I don't think we I don't think we can possibly foresee how that's going to work right now. Yeah, I th- you know I think they've. This, uh, this isn't an original thought, but, you know, it's sort of the summer of 2020 and going into 2020, 2021. That's when you're going to kind of see the the next phase of this uh, Warriors team sort of it's going to come into focus because right now, for any number of reasons, you know, this year it was just going to be impossible. So, you know, this was this transition year, this gap year, this whatever, but you're going to see, you know, heading into 2020, 2021, the, you know, the, you know, if, if again, we go back to this idea of like, well, the Spurs are kind of the model for the Warriors. And we think about it going from the, the Spurs going from the David Robinson, uh, Tim Duncan, 99 to 03. And then they sort of transitioned into uh, 05, you know, the 05, 07 teams where it wasn't so much of that old guard. And they're bringing in Brent Berry and Michael Finn. And so you, you see this sort of evolution and they became a little more up-tempo and could play a little more offense. And so I think you're seeing that transitioning beginning to happen, but the full result of it we're not it's just you can't know it until next it's we're just not going to know until uh like you're starting in the summer of 2020 i'm sorry you said the the, uh, spurs blueprint did they ever go back to back yeah i see i see i see what you did there no they no they did not but uh (laughs) if you're surly enough and you have a good enough beard uh people don't bring that up and so we don't talk about that with greg popovich (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is real okay. but I mean that that is the that is the goal though the goal is to build a, a team that will give you a good effort a good showing every year yeah. right they've the Warriors have done that this, this year is an aberration uh you know there's some people who say who are saying on Twitter like you know even with step on the floor they were still losing games but you know I did we'll see what happens next year 
Yeah. This wow. year we'll go they, down as They Adelaide literally Eagles. wanted Steph to take people off the street and win 10 games in a row. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it, I think you know to everyone you know talking about Kerr this year. I think these this you know they like won four of their last five games now. They just dropped one. Uh, you know, in those four in those four wins though, you're you're seeing the development already. You're seeing the team yeah. develop, and I, I think it's one of those things where I don't know what it was that why it was that people look at this roster and expected them to win games day one. That's crazy. And like you know, yeah. Kerr, Kerr was staying steady. They're they're taking their lumps with this team. They know there's a bigger picture at work here, and the team showed they are growing. We just have to wait. We're not going to be a playoff team this year uh, without Steph. It's not realistic. Uh, that's, I mean, that's that's crazy talk. I I, <laughs> I just uh, you know he's going to come back at some point, but you know. And it has been trash basketball, in fairness. It has been trash basketball, but come on. I mean, the starting lineups they were running out there some games were ridiculous. <laughs> and and there's, well, there's no reason to and, think they were going to win. And, well, and I think, you know, you're seeing, like you said, you're seeing the development because in a lot of these, uh, this this little mini four game win streak and the, you know, four to the five, a lot of those wins earlier in the season, they would not have won those games because they ended up falling behind. And that was the thing that really killed them in a lot of those early games. They would just get in these big holes and they could never really get out of them. Uh, And you saw in some of the the Phoenix game, I remember they kind of were behind by 12 and even in the second half, and then they pulled away and it was just like, this is something that, uh, you didn't see, and so, and I think everybody likes to take their shots at uh, Steve Kerr and hashtag Fire Kerr, and oh, what is he doing and stuff. But he, he's coaching; he's doing a good job, and you're seeing that development, and that they are winning games yeah. they would not have won uh, earlier in the season. And so, I, you know, I don't, I think that people because you, you i mean now granted we like twitter is not real life that is just a fact but you saw people being like oh why isn't he coaching you should be fired for the you know or whatever but he, i think you know you gotta you know it's it's obviously not where he wants to be not where we all want the team to be but you're he, he's doing a good job and he's these players are progressing and that's all you can kind of ask for all you want in a season like this, where you lose not just so much talent, but talent that, uh, you know, that everybody says that Steph is the team. He is the offense. Uh, and if you lose him and coupled with Clay and they have that sort of, they just are so as this sort of backcourt together are so important. You lose the lake. It's like, yeah, they're going to be some major problems. It's going to make things difficult, but you're seeing development going on now. Absolutely. I think that's what the Warriors are trying to show. Like you said, that Spursian model, um, they can take guys off the streets and infuse them with basketball knowledge and, you know, get their lives changed around. That's why we love this organization. Um, I want to go to a, a lightning round between you two. Uh, I'm going to name a, pl- a, a player or team, and uh, I want you to just say um, amazed you, disappointed you, or meh. And uh, I'm going to start with you, Nate the Great. Um, I'm going to start with Anthony Davis. 
he's fine. Good. Good. Dr. Tom. <laughs> oh, Carmel <no>. Anthony. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he amazed me that he could actually step on a basketball court. That was pretty oh funny. Uh, Mr. Nate, um, uh, the Phoenix Suns. Their record Wait, is currently twelve and twenty. It's, it's sorry. I'm sorry. Say it again. The, the the Phoenix Suns currently they have a record of twelve and twenty. They amaze you, disappoint you, or meh. Sorry, uh, they've they amazed me early in the season. I was surprised given where they've been. Uh, they they seem to have had a renewed energy at the beginning of this year. They faltered a bit. Uh, I still think they still have Devin Booker is not going to be the guy to lead you to the promised land. <laughs> but, yeah. Fighting words uh, in uh, Phoenix. Okay, uh, Doctor Tom, Kristaps Porzingis. Can I say the same thing that he amazed me that he can actually walk on a basketball court again? Well, that's disrespectful. Let's oh just God. kill all the former dicks. I see them in here. I see what's going oh, well, here. What, whatever Draymond said to him in that game, just I, I want to say that about him too. Like, yo, Andres Biedrin's called. He wants his uh, late career hair style back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nate, I've got uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, seventh seed in the West right now, 17 and 15 record. How do you feel about him? Frauds. <laughs> even, even even in seventh place, they're frauds. Chris, what is Chris Paul going to do for you in the playoffs? He's going to get eliminated for sure. I promise you. I um, eliminated for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean there's, there's nothing. It is kind of amazing that a senior citizen could still play point guard. <laughs> <laughs> and what? Doctor Tom, LeBron James. Um... Wow, that's unfair, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> well, 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 he ha- so he has you know help around him, which he doesn't need, but he needs. So I guess he can amaze us again because he has players who can help carry the load. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so, um. Even though they have not beat the Clippers at all this year in their two meetings, I mean, you know, let the they're like they're not Rockets level fraudulent, but their their you know schedule is so soft. I probably have a hard time uh, using it as a pillow because I like a hard pillow. It's better for my neck. But <laughs> he went out of the way for the pillow joke. <laughs> this is a long walk for a short drink of water. <laughs> Wow. And uh, finally, last but not least, uh, Nate, can you tell me how you feel about Kawhi Leonard? How I feel about Kawhi? Yeah, like, is he amazed you, disappointed you? In the course of this year, I'm still in awe of his playoff performance. I think so far this year... um, It's clear the guy's taking regular seasons off. Right, so he's great. I I think he's gonna if he turns it on in the postseason again. 
I think we'll, he's going to continue to be great. I don't, it's hard to it's hard to assess why right now. His whole his whole last two years has been. It's hard to put a, a single label or a single descriptor on it. You know, he, he took the regular season off last year. I mean, yeah. he he kind of he's kind of just like saving himself for the postseason, and it worked last year. So, if he does the same thing right now, they're fifth in the West. Um which probably is not ideal from their perspective, but uh, he, they beat any team in the West with him playing in his top at his peak. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I still, you can't doubt the guy at this point. Wow. I mean, no, it's true. It's absolutely true. And it's kind of funny to think that I thought the Warriors had ended Kawhi's career a couple of years ago. And here he is back on top. And for knocking the dubs off over the summer, I mean, I feel like we're we may be already moving in the direction of the Kawhi era while Steph and Clay are recuperating. I think we're already kind of just naturally migrating there very slowly and kind of surreptitiously. But um, from what I've seen, the Lakers don't seem to know how to beat the Clippers, although it's still early in the season. And I'm pretty sure in a seven game series, you can't pick anybody outside of the Lakers against these guys. I mean, of course. People would love to see the Nuggets who are currently in the number two seed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you got a jo- jokers over there, but in, in, all, in all seriousness, like, I don't think we've seen a modern day forward tandem like Kawhi and PG 13. I mean, not since Michael and Scotty. I don't know. Or I guess you could say Wade and uh, um, uh, LeBron, but we're talking that level of superstar tandem there as far as the, the, the wing positions go. And um, it seems. What about Paul Pierce and Ray Allen? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Also, um, wait, wow. don't you have to like play in the regular season for it to be your era too? Like at least uh, Steph and KD had the dignity to play in the regular season. I think Shaquille O'Neal destroyed that theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we take off half a season for a two injury. I think you got to ruin that. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like Paul Pierce and Ray Allen will definitely beat Kawhi wow. and Paul. George one wow. for sure. I mean, wow. two and two. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so to wrap this podcast up, um, do you gentlemen have anything you want to say to the GSM community at large, um, Dev Nation as a whole, uh, completing this year, moving to a brand new decade from where the Warriors were in 2010 to where they finished the year in 2020, uh, 20, so, so to speak? Do you have any words for the people? For GSM, I just want to say thank you for all the time you've all contributed to making this a great community. Obviously we will be moving to a, our next, our next chapter, uh, due to corporate nefariousness. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting cause we're, we're going to end this decade. This decade will end, uh, the GSOM in the current, uh, way we know it. And so, uh, the community has been amazing. I, and I, I think the community is most amazing when, you know, I've gotten to meet people in person, uh, meeting all of you, uh, on the staff in person as well has been amazing. So GSOM has been a hell of an experience. And, uh, I spent most of this, this decade with the site. So, uh, it's something I'm going to miss, um, where, uh, in terms of checking in on, uh, that same site every day, uh, Golden State in mind, but 
it's uh we're gonna try to keep keep it going in another space and uh i look forward to that yeah i said i definitely echo what nate said you know in terms of the community and how that kind of makes the gsom you know community or space sort of something special even though i obviously haven't been here as long so i won't you know try to you know, like I said, I'll just say like a cosine on everything uh, Nate said. I guess, you know, I was thinking about this, like ending the decade as Warriors fans and interested parties. Like it is this kind of, well, th- th- this year, if we understand it's sort of an aberration uh, and by, almost by construction, just sort of think of how, you know, kind of good this past decade has been, you know, seven, you know, from 2013 to 20 you know 19 or 2019 we're going to the playoffs every year uh and and doing interesting things and you know sort of being one of the best teams in the league and if you had gone back in you know time to start this decade and said this was what was going to be ahead you'd say you're crazy like you know so i think there is this sort of like wow we've look at how far this franchise has come and so you know kind of while this year has been this again sort of aberration and this dip it's still you know the future it's it, it it's it still looks pretty good at least as far as i'm concerned so um that's at least you know it's uh you can cue the music for since everybody's been thinking about star wars the uh binary sunset as i look out into the horizon no not that no 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 sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't know you i'm sorry yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um hey uh i really appreciate you guys coming on this podcast i know the holidays are crazy folks are traveling and um you guys take time out of your schedules to come and share some uh insight to gsm and to dub nation and uh that's pretty dope um me personally uh i personally enjoy the year as a warriors fan and as a member of gsm to the max um the things i've been able to do and you know i got to meet uh dr tom in person sure, many uh, times um that was super cool um I mean, obviously, I've been in before, but to be in Vegas with him over assembly with the the one and only Brady was a wonderful experience. And who? Um, uh, right, who? <laughs> um, and going on from you know the, the rest of the year, and I, I really appreciate you, Nate, for giving us the opportunity, us two knuckleheads. Yeah, to have this podcast. I mean, the fact that we got the honorable Marcus Thompson uh, to come on the podcast under your direction when I remember me and Tom were talking about it and you guys were like, you should go talk to him. And we were like, oh, snap, we probably should. Good point, Nate. Yeah, okay. And like, you know, it worked out. So um, I just really appreciate you uh, for kind of giving us an umbrella uh, for us to have <laughs> crazy, reckless adventures and uh, to come report back on this podcast. The Dr. Tom and Goldblood uh, King podcast has you know started this year and uh, we've had so many good times. It's uh, wonderful to kind of wrap the year up with Nate the Great. Um, so yeah, um, we're about to hit the one hour mark and I'm sure you guys are probably tired of hearing about this trash season. So uh, until next time, uh, happy holidays uh, from back to time, uh, Nate and myself, Daniel, and uh, we'll catch you in 2020.